Hello and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is professional networking. I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by three guests today. Thank you so much for joining me. Do you all just want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hello. Uh, My name is Matthew Howard. I work uh, down in the management school um, and I'm responsible for the undergraduate careers service that we offer. Um, A lot of my time is spent supporting final year students, um, helping um, our coaches in terms of working with specific groups of students, offering workshops, one-to-one support. And we do offer lots of support as well to alumni. And it's nice to meet you. Hello, uh, my name's Nuala Lewis. Uh, I'm the Employer Engagement Manager and I sit within the careers department that supports students in all faculties of the university. My day-to-day role is to engage with employers that are looking to recruit students either on a 12-month placement, a summer internship or a graduate role, encourage them to come onto campus and meet our fantastic students and encourage them to recruit those when you come to the end of your course. In the team, we also have colleagues that arrange the uh, main fairs, the main careers fairs and different events throughout the year uh, to bring you and employers together. Hi everyone, Uh, my name is David Mastro, I'm the postgraduate careers coach here within Central Careers. My role is to support postgraduate taught students and postgraduate taught alumni of Lancaster University uh, delivering in-curricular workshops and lectures, extracurricular workshops, providing one-to-ones, advice and guidance sessions with students. And a lot of the offer that we have obviously here at Lancaster is around the transactional element of career support, so CVs, cover letters, assessment centre preparation, psychometric testing, all that, in addition to all the kind of career planning stuff around um, ensuring that students are working towards their hopeful uh, career aim. Cool. Thanks so much. Um, So all of you do networking as part of your job. Can you just tell us from a student perspective and from your own perspective, why is networking important? It's absolutely integral to the role that I undertake at the university. In order to attract as many top employers to come and engage with you at Lancaster, I have to regularly use my network and engage with new people that are based in these top companies and start new relationships, which can be quite challenging at first, particularly when they wonder who this person is who's perhaps emailed them or popped up on LinkedIn as a message. But in order to create the new relationship, it often leads on to other relationships. And a huge part of the, my network that I use actually um, are alumni of Lancaster, um, because many of our students have gone on to work at fantastic companies who might not be the key recruitment person, but are certainly in the organisation and perhaps more um, a warmer lead and could come back and talk about their experiences and then will put me in touch with the recruitment team member and uh, start a new relationship. So introductions, whether in person, by email or through LinkedIn, to the ultimate contact that you're trying to achieve is a really effective way of building and using your network. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with everything that, that Nuala mentioned there. And obviously she's focused quite a lot in, a, a, I guess, the business engagement liaison role. All of that is relevant now to any graduate, regardless of where you are in your career. For me, networking is all about building relationships. And as Nuala mentioned, it could be face-to-face or it could be sort of electronically as well. So LinkedIn is a really powerful way to, to connect with alumni or other professionals. And I think we'll, we'll speak about that later on in the podcast. But just thinking as a graduate, I always think when you're considering your own networking abilities, just to think about the network that you've already got. So, you know, people that were on your course, 
any employers that you met whilst at university, colleagues from Lancaster as well, so myself, David Newler, Hannah, other members of the career service, who have you already got that might be able to help you secure a really good graduate job that you'd be happy with? And obviously LinkedIn is a good way to kind of gather and keep a record of those contacts, but aware that you might have other means of doing that as well, emails, business cards, leaflets, anything that you've got from when you were at university. Also, societies are a really good place for you to to consider because um, if you were a member of any societies, that's another, in addition to your course, another place where you may have met some really exciting graduates and alumni that could help you with your search for a graduate job. So Matthew, you've just talked about um, looking at who's in your network. How would you utilise those people? Okay, um, so I guess you've got to kind of um, weigh up which which person it is. So is it um, is it a peer, for example? Is it someone else that's graduated, or someone from a society or from your course? They might be able to offer you guidance around applying for jobs. So their experience of applying for a big company like PwC or a smaller organisation, sort of just friendly advice and guidance. I guess that they've experienced shared life experience, shared tips, and sort of. Uh, ways that you might be able to uh, make the most of your experiences and it's good sometimes just to have I guess a little bit of a a buddy or a group of people around you that can offer that kind of support. Obviously here at Lancaster students go on to many different wonderful careers and our alumni network as Nuala mentioned is something that you might want to tap into as well. On LinkedIn you can access the alumni tool on the Lancaster University main page And that's another good way for you to think about that peer-to-peer support that you might be able to access. And a lot of the time, if you are speaking, obviously, with another another graduate, an alumni, or a student here, as Nuala mentioned, it's a, it's a warm lead. It's someone that might be able to offer you some really good guidance, but hopefully delivered in a really friendly and supportive way. Obviously, as well, with your network, you may have people that you know, like friends, uh, family friends, or companies that you're familiar with from past work experience. So again, it's just evaluating, do I know anyone that works within an industry I'm interested in? Is there anyone that could be a potential into a a company that can offer me an insight, like a voluntary role, like can I go along and do some work shadowing? Can somebody who works in industry support me with an application? It's not really the case that you can obviously uh, ask people for a longer term opportunity these days. You do have to go through quite a rigorous process for placements and grad schemes, but they might be able to offer you a little bit of an in in terms of insights, etc. And obviously, if you did meet with any companies whilst on campus at careers fairs, just trying to think back to, to who they were, could you reach out to them using things like LinkedIn, using tools like that to try and ask them for further advice and guidance? Networks can be you know, really, really powerful, really fantastic. And sometimes you might not have spoken to someone for quite a while, so a couple of months or a year or even longer. But hopefully if you're, you know, professional, polite, if you come across really well and, you know, it's not all about me, 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 but it's it's about the gaining support from someone, they might be able to help you when you're looking for this uh, graduate job. Uh, and just to add to that, one of the team members that work in the employer engagement team run, runs a program called the mentoring program. So if you were looking whilst at university to start building your network of um, a mutually beneficial relationship, then applying to join the mentoring program would put you in close contact with a member in industry, somebody in industry who's in the field that you're looking to work, and they themselves will have a wide network that you can then start to tap into. 
Yeah, I was just going to add additionally to what Matthew said about the alumni network. Obviously, groups on LinkedIn are also a good way of actually establishing um, contacts with different people in different organisations and actually approaching groups that you may be interested in joining to widen your network um, is just another option of, of doing that. Definitely. And also, don't forget the Career Service and the alumni team here at Lancaster University are always happy to help. So even if you don't actually know myself, Nula, David or Hannah in person, you can get in touch with us and we can help you. Um, Hannah does a fantastic series of podcasts like this that you're listening to and webinars. And we do offer support to alumni regardless of where you are in your career. We offer a service for life. And if we can ever make an introduction between you and someone else who works within industry, we're always happy to do that. So you've mentioned this a little bit, but I think we have this conception, especially in Britain, not to talk to strangers. Um, and we're kind of brought up thinking, don't talk to strangers, it's bad. Networking can involve literally talking to strangers. How do you get past those kind of barriers that you might have put up through your upbringing or through the kind of culture that you're involved with to talk to strangers, to engage with people, maybe in person or online? Have you got any kind of tips? If people are feeling a bit nervous about that, I think I think for me um, the idea of obviously it, there's a couple of caveats with this. Obviously, if you know the person that you want to connect with, uh, or you have an awareness of what they do, then the ice can be broken in certain ways. So you could you could say to them that you've met them at a particular event and you would like to connect them uh, to actually pick up the the question. I think it's if you are link, using LinkedIn and people actually have a presence on LinkedIn, people are already tuned into the fact that you can you can actually connect with them on LinkedIn or actually undertake some networking with them. So I think as, lo- as long as you approach it in a very polite, positive, professional manner, giving details of why you want to connect with them, how that could benefit both parties, um, what, why you're interested in, in perhaps connecting with them is probably the way forward that I would suggest to actually kind of break the initial challenge of actually talking to somebody that perhaps you don't actually have a formed relationship with. Yeah, building on that as well, like David said, a lot of the time it's finding a way to break the ice. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I guess, a lot of students and graduates struggle with this in person as well as obviously online. And obviously at university at Lancaster, you can go along to careers fairs. We have lots of panel sessions and networking events. But even after you graduate, you can still access all of these events on campus. Or you could go along to events that are local to you. So a uh, majority of large organisations will do sort of networking sessions in the evening after work sometimes or panels or insights that you can access. Eventbrite is actually a really good website mm-hmm. to find uh, networking opportunities in certain sectors. So there's lots of ways really as, as a graduate that you could start to, to go along to companies or to meet people from within a certain sector. And when you're actually there, the, the question is, I guess, how do you break the ice? And a lot of the time it's trying to find common ground, like David said. So whether you've studied in the same place, whether you've got the same interest in things. So you could talk, just small talk, you know, do you have an interest in football? Do you like cooking? Do you like other stuff? And for me, a lot of networking is not just about why you want to talk to them. It's also building a relationship. So and the stuff around that is just everyday stuff that you would experience, I guess. And you know, you're trying to build a bit of a rapport. You're trying to get them to to like you. You're trying to be uh, friendly and you know, hopefully quite approachable. A lot of the time, networking comes down to your body language as well. So not kind of going along to an event and hiding in the corner. You know, having open body language, trying to speak to people and ask really open questions is always really good as well. And David mentioned a little bit about introducing yourself. And you know, if you go along to a, an actual event or if you come along to a careers fair. You could introduce yourself as, you know, your name, 
what you've studied, what your most recent experience is, and then, you know, lead with an open question like, you know, can you tell me a bit about yourself or oh, I'm really interested in this company and what do you know about it? It sometimes can be quite scary networking, particularly if you're going around a room on your own. But what you'll find is that everyone's going through exactly the same thing. Even the most experienced professional, in my experience, feels nervous or you know doesn't really feel comfortable networking. So you're definitely not in this on your own. I think what what Matthew said was 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 right on. I think there's an idea that networking at, at the end of the day is simply a conversation mm-hmm. with a purpose. The purpose of which is obviously to form and establish make connections and grow your network but at the end of the day it's about making a human contact uh, whether that's virtually whether that's face-to-face and simply just having a conversation so Matthew uh, was talking about having have a couple of key facts that you want to get across I'm not saying necessarily that you have to have a, a minute long pitch that you have to roll out but having an idea about what you want to say where you where you've studied a couple of general things that you may be interested in moving forward and often at networking events people will come back with oh yeah I did that or there's, there's something that a shared common ground there so just think of it as a conversation with a purpose that's what i would say and i would like to just remind you all that you have done this before so when you came to university it was unlikely that you knew everyone that you lived with or that was on your course and actually that initial first kind of month you're networking all the time because you're meeting Mm. new people and the conversations that say like hi where are you from what do you study what college are you in where do you live they're conversations that can happen even in networking events. So have the confidence that you have done it before and you can do it again in the future. So just have that confidence to be able to do that. And I would also say uh, from practical experience, you, in regard to talking to strangers and being in a, in a forum where you're kind of expected to talk to strangers, um, these events are preset and they usually have a delegate list and it's called a networking event so everybody's got the understanding that you will be talking to new people so people are open and receptive to that. So it's always worth looking at the delegate list in advance, Mm -hmm. maybe highlighting a few that you're most keen to try and find. Usually people wear name badges so you can have a little glance over who's who's in the room and glance at the badges. And try and, if you can, know anyone in advance, perhaps by doing a quick pre-search on LinkedIn, any um, kind of mutual connections who could perhaps introduce you at the event or online, in fact. But when I go along to networking events, I actually find that food is a great icebreaker, the buffet. So I head over there if I'm stuck or I don't know where to stand or speak to somebody or I feel a little bit alone. Um, head over and get yourself a drink. Somebody always is getting a drink or, or a little canapé or something. And then you can just talk about how, oh, it, what do you think of the buffet? And then straight away, you relax, you have a chat, and then you probably find out that this person's really useful to know and they introduce you to who, who they're talking to and then it just flows. That's a great tip. Thanks. I'm, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've started to allude to this already. Um, It's not just face-to-face networking that happens. Networking can also happen online. And you've spoken, I think all of you have spoken about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. How is LinkedIn any different from any other social media that we use on a daily basis? Okay, so I mean, fundamentally, uh, the core of it is a social media platform. So in in a lot of ways, it is very similar to Facebook or Twitter. Um, Not so much TikTok, I guess, but other platforms in a sense that you have a profile and you yourself do kind of curate that. You do add details onto there. 
The difference with LinkedIn is that it's focused on the working professional. So it's a very different focus to Facebook or other platforms like Instagram or others, where it might be more the social side of life and connecting with friends, you know, sharing things that you're doing day to day, sharing stories on Twitter or images on, on, on Instagram is very different. And what you'll find on LinkedIn is that people do have a little bit of a different persona, I guess. It's their professional um, sort of side to them. So what they're doing at work, you know, key projects they're involved in. A big difference you'll find is just the, the whole tone of it. So, you know, it is a lot more professional in terms of how you have a profile picture that you might wear, some professional sort of attire or, you know, something sort of, you know, smart casual as well. And generally, you know, the things around LinkedIn are quite positive, quite upbeat, celebrating other people's success, sharing things from companies. So the whole tone of it for me is quite different. And, you know, if you do have a Facebook or a Twitter or an Instagram or some other social media platform, it's quite difficult sometimes when you're starting out to realize what, what the differences are. But you've got to be mindful that sometimes it's a completely different audience. So on LinkedIn, you'll have people that work in industry, you'll have people at universities, you might have alumni, you might have recruiters, and you wouldn't necessarily have all of those different stakeholders on your personal Facebook or Instagram. So it's just a different tone, really, I think. Yeah, I think obviously on your Facebook or Instagram, they're generally your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, a lot of people I'm connected with on LinkedIn are my friends, but also first and foremost, they are colleagues that I've worked with or do work with. So I think approaching it and ensuring that you remain professional, have a conversation professionally make sure that your brand and your your presence online is professional um, and that gives a good uh, account of who you are where you're at in your career at the moment and also the things that you're interested in is really important yeah one big thing I'd say as well is that if you are applying for sort of graduate level jobs a lot of the time recruiters have access to some really sophisticated applicant tracking system software where they can easily look you up on social media and do a quick search for you having a LinkedIn profile even if you don't actively use it every day but having the profile is a really good thing for a recruiter to see to validate that you're who you are you've got the level of experience that you've said you've got you've got your degree etc so it's a good way for them to see the professional side to you and you know what I would say now is if you've never done it before just have a quick Google search for yourself or your preferred search engine and just to see um, what comes up and sometimes you might be surprised that actually your Facebook or your Instagram account comes up first and you know consider to yourself do you do you want that to happen or do you need to change the security settings on those different platforms for me really what I like to see is if someone searches for me my maybe the Lancaster University page would come up but also my LinkedIn would be there as well so if someone was looking to find out more about myself initially someone that I don't know like David said uh, someone who isn't a friend they would see the professional side to me and I think if you're going through that recruitment process um, just consider if that's the side that you want recruiters to see as well. I think longer term obviously the profile as well when you do begin to work for an organization in many ways you are also representing yourself but also you're representing the organization that you're working for um, so there's a, there's a professional dynamic to it that, that is drawn from the institution or the organization or the sector that you're currently working in as well mm-hmm. so we talked a little bit about branding within this you said something about creating your own brand how can you create your own brand on linkedin and also remain authentic to who you are the authentic side of it's really difficult i think it's effectively it is your professional mm. CV isn't it online and I think it's not just about that flat piece of information about you it's how you 
interact with others mm-hmm. on there, you know, commenting on topical areas and things like that. And although people's personalities are different in what you've said, as long as you are engaging with people and on the topics in the, the way you would, then in many instances they know you beyond LinkedIn. Um, maybe had a call or had some interaction with you at some point so they can see that personality coming through because it can be backed up and the rest of the people that don't know you as long as it's polite and professional once they get to know you it will be reflective but I don't think anybody's totally relaxed on LinkedIn to the level that you would be to be truly authentic I don't Mm. know I'd agree with everything that Nula said and obviously people use LinkedIn in different ways so as I mentioned before you might just want to be someone who's got a profile and for you yourself not really engage with anyone or actually use LinkedIn in a proactive way and that's that's completely your preference but you might want to use it for different ways so as Nula mentioned commenting and liking people's things and something that we speak a lot about with students is the concept of reciprocity so actually you know sharing other people's success as well as your own so if you see people that graduated with you and they've got a promotion or they're working on a new project it's always really good just to celebrate that as well and LinkedIn is a really good tool for keeping you up to date with people's professional milestones so they've been a year in their job or they've received a new project or they've got a new job altogether or some other achievement and I think it's always good to do that and that will hopefully other people will see that they'll start to see that on their LinkedIn's um, and they'll start to see that you're a friendly supportive person and that's another way for you to get your personality across really obviously as well you might want to start creating your own content sharing things that you're doing at work or sharing things that you're interested in and I guess it's up to you how you actually create that kind of content through a post or an article. Um, I do meet a lot of students, alumni and professionals that do put a lot of, of their own opinions on LinkedIn or share an insight into something, how they've how they've perceived an event, what went well. Um, there might be something that's come out through um, sort of on the news that you want to comment on that is in relation to your sector or your career. Personally, I don't really like to provide much in the way of, of my own opinion. I try to keep it quite neutral. I like to talk about things that have gone well, quite upbeat about things, but that's generally what I'm like. So I, I don't really focus too much on what I actually think I'm quite good at just, uh, this is how it was and this is why we should be proud of this thing. And what I would say as well is, don't, you know, don't be pushed into, into behaving a certain way on LinkedIn. You might see quite a few people who are creating content and obviously it's good to see what, what how others use it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's the way you need to use it and you've got to be comfortable in the way that you do for your own networking. And I think it's also worth considering that whatever social media you use, if you are a social media user, you have an Instagram brand, you have a Facebook brand, the way that you act on each of these social medias is slightly different just because of how it is. And so think about how you are on those mm. those social media platforms and think about how you can use that knowledge that you've gained this for example it's best to post at this time on instagram for example you might know that just do that research into linkedin and um, everything that you kind of think about on your own social media channels like instagram and twitter and facebook and whatever is the same for linkedin and yeah. you just have to kind of tailor your message a little bit so most of you being social media savvy will have a lot of these skills anyway it's just about transferring them to the right thing the, the other thing just to mention as well is that linkedin is 
definitely, in my opinion, one of the best ways for you to network online and with other professionals. But you can also use other social media platforms. So Twitter is actually very good. It's in a way quite professional in, in lots of ways. And you could set up a professional Twitter account if you wanted to engage with companies or professionals. A lot of the time, Twitter is more focused on opinions or um, you know smaller sort of um, little blogs and things like that. So that's something else to think about. But also, depending on what sector you're going into, you know, if you want to go into art and design, you know, Instagram might be actually your preferred social media platform, sharing your work with others. So I actually, on my own Instagram, I've got quite a few friends that work in architecture, and they're always posting some amazing designs they've done. And they get lots of engagement, way more engagement than I get on what I've done with my friends at the weekend. So, you know, just thinking about what sector you want to go into and the audiences that you want to network with. And depending on that, you might want to focus a little bit more on having a professional presence on a different platform as well. Thanks so much. So what are your, we've probably got about 30 seconds left. What are your top tips for networking? Be yourself, be positive, be engaging receptive and happy great that's a good one um mine would be to when you have those initial conversations in the initial networking to build on them and develop genuine relationships with people where you can benefit each other and follow through you know if something's talked about or agreed um, show them, them that you will act on it and that builds trust which is a deeper level of relationship and I use LinkedIn as very much as a tool to maintain those relationships when you're balancing quite a large professional network which you will as you go into the work world of work it will grow and grow and become very difficult to keep those relationships going but as Matthew said earlier, when LinkedIn pops up, they've had 12 months in a row, just send them a quick, you know, congrats. It's just a little reminder that you've not forgotten them and you can use it as a light touch, keep in touch until you want to talk again about something that will benefit you both. And uh, I guess my final words would be just to be confident um, and try and enjoy networking as much as possible. As I mentioned before, everybody is in the same position. People do find the concepts of networking to be quite a difficult thing. But definitely do your best to try and engage with that. And also try to, to get involved as much as possible with lots of different opportunities. You know, there's so many different ways that you can network either online, in, in person, even if it's just you've started a job and someone asks you to, you know, stay behind to, to go for a meal or do something with your team. All of that could be networking and you never know when you might meet someone in the future that could help you with your career that you've just built a relationship up with. But ultimately, just try and enjoy it and just see it as building, you know, a relationship, a friendship or a professional connection with someone um, and try not to focus too much on, on some of the negative side of it because it can be quite fun. Thanks so much for joining us and thank you so much to my guests. That was really interesting. Um, tune in to our next podcast coming soon. Bye.